You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. And it's time for another Geeks Pub. I am Tim Robertson, joined by David Cohen. Hello, David. Finally. Fine. The Rock has returned. Oh, no. That's a different thing entirely. Uh, uh, I'm less the rock, more the blob. Yeah. <laughs> me, me too. Um, yeah, it's been over uh, just a little over a month since we did the last uh, Geeks Pub, and we have reasons. Uh, I yeah. think one of the reasons was on me. Um, because I, we were supposed to record it, um, the, the last episode that we were going to do together on basically the July 4th weekend. Yep. And I was just so spent from no sleep from all the fireworks. So we skipped that one. And then, uh, we did do a tech fan the week after that. And then the week after that, you couldn't do a show, which was supposed to be this show. So last week I did one with Guy Searle, a tech fan. Yeah. So here we are, finally. Here we are. And, yeah, finally. <clears throat> you know, I've been looking forward to doing this with you because we both watched, I assume you watched Black Widow. Yeah. And we, I know for a fact we both watched Loki, and we haven't discussed any of this mm-hmm. with each other. And there's been some cool and not so cool things happening in the kind of the geek space that's definitely worth talking about so let's let's jump right in with going a little bit farther back with some bummer news and that was um <clears throat> one of Richard Donner passed away he was 91 years old yeah and that's obviously sad but he was you know the director of some of the best movies from back in the day, he directed yep. the first Superman movie, which you could arguably say was probably at the time. No, I will say it. It, it was the very first true to comic book movie. Yeah. You know? And it was, yeah, it was a big deal back then as oh. well. I mean, we forget now, but it was a really big deal. The, the, the caption I remember the commercials, you'll believe a man can fly. Yeah. And the way they made Superman, because, <clears throat> they had done Superman before, uh, a TV show, and it was just really bad. And oh, I, you know, I watched the TV show on repeats, and you know, when you're a kid, it was pretty good. But <laughs> it was it was the one where he every time he needed to fly, he jumped sideways out of a window. Yes. Yeah. Or he was clearly lay, sitting on or laying on a stool or something, and yeah, they'd flutter his cape. It was this bad, but. When you saw Christopher Reeves flying, it was, even to this day, it actually holds up really well. You yeah, know? well, yeah. Even more so, bearing in mind there's not a scrap of CGI. Because Nothing. Because computers have barely been invented back then either. In the, was it 1978? Uh, 79. 79, yeah. So um, it was all practical effects. Yeah. It was all pretty good, really, it, for, it the, was, for the time. It was brilliant. It really, um, really was. And it was probably... Um, I'm going to guess the very, the the second big movie. Because remember, there was no such thing as the summer blockbuster until Jaws came out. Yeah, which and was, what, 75? 75, and then yeah. Star Wars was 77. And so it might have been, uh, I've got his uh, IMDb up here. Let me see when Superman came out, because I, I was honestly thinking it was 79, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, no, Superman was 1978. Yeah. Yeah. And then he was uncredited in 1980 for Superman two, because he didn't do the whole movie and they changed things up. I'm, I remember reading a little bit about that, but yeah, basically they filmed the two movies back to back. Yeah. Um, and, uh, he, yeah, he, he had some real creative differences with, um, the, uh, Sulkin family who basically were putting up all the money. And um, he effectively got fired from Superman 2 after Superman 1 was released. And then they had somebody come in and re-edit and, and redo the movie and very much changed it from from what he was. And if you remember, I mean, Superman 2 is, is a really uneven movie. There are some really, I mean, it's got, it's, I mean, talk about taking what they'd done with the first one and, and upping it because they had Zod and his minions and they had a, a big fight in the middle of Metropolis it was really incredible stuff at the time. 
It was. But by the same time, there was a lot of stuff in that movie that didn't really work. And um, yeah, there was a, a big creative problem with between him. And yeah, he, he wasn't really credited for what he did. Well, they but came he, out with a Donner cut, which I don't yeah. know if I if I did watch that. I don't really remember anything about it. No. Um, it was I, a straight to video, obviously. So here's, so here's the problem with, with a movie of this sort of age is that if you have seen the Donner Cut, first of all, for, for like the first 20, 25 years of this thing's existence, you had to go and seek it out. It wasn't readily available because there was no internet or anything like that. Nowadays, it's quite easy to get hold of the Donner Cut if you want to watch it, but we've all seen these movies so many times. Yeah. Uh, and probably most of us, not that recently. It's hard to remember the specifics. Um, that's the thing that you don't remember yeah. them. And yeah. I, I, I certainly don't. His next big movie that probably most people will recognize would be the Goonies yeah. in 85. And of all the movies he's done, this is probably the most beloved, even over Superman. I would, I would think at this point. Yeah. Cause there Goonies was, so, I mean, it was, it, it's dripping eighties. Don't get me wrong. But it's about kids and exploring and pirates and throwing up on people in a movie theater. <laughs> it it yeah. was awesome. I love the Goonies. I was 15 when the Goonies came out. So these kids were actually a little bit younger and then the older ones a little bit older. But I love the Goonies. It, I, it was Goonies forever, man. Yeah, it was a real... I mean, I mean, of its time thing, um, but it has become increasingly beloved over the years. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a, I mean, it, it's a kids' movie. <laughs> That's what's great about it. It's told from the kids' perspective, and it, and it is kind of, it's like a kids' fantasy adventure movie. We all, we all dreamed as kids of finding underground caves and then finding pirates and gold and all of that sort of stuff in it. And it had a lot of funny jokes in it. Some. You know, some fun performances. It's got uh, it Thanos. Was, Thanos is in that yeah. movie. <laughs> it, it, it was, um, yeah, it's, it, it was a great fun. Samwise Gamgee is in there. Yeah, yeah, lots of, uh, lots of, uh, of and, and some people who just went on to do very little, which is really kind of weird, but that was the 80s. Yeah, that's kind of, well, that's everything though, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Um, so he's got, you know, some great movies in here, including Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon? Yeah. I loved the Lethal, Lethal Weapon movies when they came out. I mean, it was, you know, 1989, 1987. I mean, that's right in my wheelhouse is driving and taking girls to the movies. And, oh my God, Lethal Weapon was awesome. It's hard for me to watch Lethal Weapon now, though. Yeah, it's not aged well. <laughs> well... <laughs> I think uh, he did one, two, and three, and four. Gosh, he did all of them. I didn't realize that. Um, for me, though, it's Mel Gibson. I, <sighs> yeah, you know, we all make mistakes and stuff, but I, I don't know the 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 racism that he's shown, you know, over the years. I, I can't get past it. Well, and it's not. It's, it sucks. it's not. Yeah, it's not just the racism. It's it's lots of things about Mel Gibson, and the problem is, is that when you know these things about him, you go look and you go back and you watch his performances, and you can see some of it. Yeah, that's the difficulty. Is that you can kind of see he's using some of who he is to motivate his performances, and it, it really doesn't sit very well, especially in Lethal Weapon, where he's you know he's working very closely in a body movie with a with a black actor, <laughs> and you you just kind of you you can. You can see some of it, and also well, misog but, misogyny, but, the misogyny as well yeah. is particularly bad in pretty much every movie he's ever done. Ever done, yeah. Um, you know, it's it's really it's really not not good, and and yeah, it's just like I mean, who 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 wants to go back and enjoy the Cosby Show nowadays? It's just like you because you well, your interpretation is coloured by the person you seeing on the I, screen. I can't listen to Michael Jackson's music, yeah, and I haven't for fifteen, twenty years. I don't even know how long now. And yeah. I used to love his music. He was great, but I can't get mm -hmm. over the person. I know yeah. you're supposed to disassociate the artist from the art. I understand that. Um, you, well, you shouldn't hate this. It's because, I mean, it doesn't dis diminish the... Yeah, it kind of does diminish it, though. Yeah. Maybe maybe I just... You know, I am not 100% for this whole can cancel culture thing that we've got going on right now. I think it's gotten a little bit out of hand. Um, 
I mean, a director for uh, or producer for the Olympics was basically fired because of something that he said in jest in the in the 90s. It's like, really? We're the, mm. You know, stuff like that's a little going a little bit crazy, but um, I, I can't get I can't get. And I loved Mel Gibson back then. Yeah, I watched a movie within the last year where he played Santa Claus with a gun. It's kind of <laughs> it's kind of hard to explain, but I actually enjoyed yeah. it, even though it was Mel Gibson. I'm like, Ugh. but I, it was actually kind of a good movie. But yeah, uh, Richard Donner was, um, you know, I, I, you can't put him on the Spielberg level. Don't get me wrong. Although I think the Spielberg level has dropped off significantly in the last ten years. Yep. Yeah, you know? he's done um, some really bad movies. Yeah. Uh, I guess if you do enough movies, you're going to do some good and bad ones. But uh, and and I'm sure same for Richard Donner. But some of the ones, some of the good ones he did, he was also a producer on in the original X Men movie. Yeah. So um, you know this this guy's had a had a pretty big impact on on us in the geek space. And uh, you know it's always sad when a when a great well when anybody dies, but particularly when a great filmmaker dies and. Uh, you know, he'd not done much recently, but then he was in his 90s, so. Well, yeah, I mean, the last thing he did was 16 Blocks. It was actually a really good movie. Yeah. And that was 2006, so, I mean, he was in the 70s at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's a bummer, for sure. Uh, but he did leave a legacy of really good movies out there and some TV shows. He did some Tales from the Crypt, too, which I, I was never a huge fan of that show. But, yeah, you know. Conspiracy yeah. theory. I thought I that was a bad one. That was another Mel Gibson movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Yeah. Rest in peace, Richard Donner. Um, yeah. Let's get on some fun stuff. Mm-hmm. You saw this. I actually had put. I think you had posted on Facebook. Uh, in the Star Wars group, but I had yeah. actually already put a note for this. Mm-hmm. In. Uh, in our show notes, and that was Lucasfilm. I give credit to Lucasfilm here. Oh yeah, absolutely. L- Lucasfilm hires the YouTuber who used deep fake to improve the Mandalorian. Now, one of the things that we both agree is the Mandalorian has been brilliant. But if we have any open critiques of it, it was the um, the fakeness of Luke Skywalker showing up. This. The CGI just didn't really work. I mean, it's yeah. really kind of bad, to be honest. Uh, and so so this guy, when that happened, he basically did his own version um, by taking footage from the original Star Wars movies, uh, and it looked a lot better. And, it looked um, a lot better. Yeah. Uh, and he basically redid it, the whole thing shot for shot, um, but using this uh, other technology. On a computer and, at home, he makes it look yeah. better than what Lucas did. Exactly. And so Lucasfilm have hired him. They've said, well, we want this guy on our t- on our um, special effects team. So there you go. They recognize his talent and his, um, his ability. And um, presumably next time they have to do this, it will save them a lot of money because he'll do it at home in his spare time. <laughs> I would think so. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, can you imagine, you know, they're going to spend weeks and weeks on a special effect and he's going to come in after the weekend and he's going, well, I had to go and do it at home and here we go. And they're going to go, well, that's really good. Let's choose, just use that instead. You know, the proof is in the pudding and this guy's, um, and I went and actually looked at some of his stuff. He also did, um, uh, replaced a, uh, Oh, who was it? Uh, Christopher, uh, Christian Bale. And he changed it um, with Robert Patterson in the Batman. All right. Um, I, I watched a little bit of it, but it, that one wasn't as good. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, this is this was just a hobby for this guy. Yeah. And but he's obviously got real talent. I mean, let's not, let's not diminish this. Anybody can fiddle around with deep fake on the home computer but really to make it look good you've got to you've got to have some skills and uh clearly he does which is why they've hired him yeah um they're not really going to use his home computer rig i would hope for all these special effects but um but then again if it comes up so much better than what lucas was doing well 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 the the idea is to take the idea is going to be to take his his skills and make it part of the Lucasfilm team so that um, their future um, work will be better. So that's to be applauded all around. And, uh, but there is a little bit of, um, 
I don't, I don't, I do not enjoy the uncanny valley, as it's called, when they resurrect uh, someone who passed away, like they did with Princess Leia, like they did with uh, Tarkin. Um, yeah. Neither he also did Tarkin, by the way, and his is way better. It's even better than what he did with Luke. Right. Um, I don't know how I feel about using old actors that's passed in current projects. That still kind of bothers me, but by the same token, if the family's okay with it, you know, if the estate is okay with it. Yeah, I I, I kind of know what you mean. Um, the problem is, is that it it kind of it leaves. Well, for a start, it puts an actor out of a job because normally they recast these roles if yeah. they want the same character to appear in a subsequent in a subsequent production. Um, and it's always been part of the. I mean, let's <laughs> let's not get too caught up in people going. Well, it's not the same. It's just a different character. I mean, we we are talking about uh, these are uh, these are um, you know popcorn movies where fantastical things are going on. There's there's always excuses you can put to the plot if you want to change somebody's appearance. Um, and most people, you know, they're quite happy to take a recast without. Uh, I mean, look at look at the, the Crown, for instance. The Queen has been recast four times in the Crown as as she's gotten older with different actresses, and they've not gone and digitally made them look like the original one, because you know, even though all four of them look really don't really look that much like the current actually still living Queen. Yeah, it's accepted in in media that you can recast people and people can play even a you know even a completely different way of playing a character. Look at um, the guy Michael Gambon who replaced um, who replaced uh, Richard Harris who died in the Harry Potter movies when he was when he was playing um, Dumbledore. Dumbledore, yeah. Now Michael Gamble's take on Dumbledore is completely nothing different from what Richard Harris was doing, and not nearly as good. I hate to say it, but oh. and and he's a good actor. Don't get me wrong, but he doesn't have that something that really was Dumbledore in the books, translated so well by Richard Harris. His yeah, well, this little like, knowing twinkle in his eye. Yeah. Um, the new guy just he he looked like he was scared and freaked out the whole. It, it yeah, just never I, I, worked. I, yeah, I know I know what you said, but the, the thing is, is that nobody kind of. If, if, I don't think we'd have wanted through five six movies like a, a digital Richard Harris. Doing no, song, so. no, that's a situation yeah. where. But if this, if if let's be honest though, if the Harry Potter movies were made ten years from now and the same thing happened, I think they probably would. Well, I I, I think. I think there should be plenty of room for um, uh, for uh, not not doing that. I think um, I think there's, there should be plenty of room for recasting. Obviously, in this particular case with the Mandalorian, yeah, the visual impact of the fact that it, that it is Luke Skywalker means I mean, they really wanted Mark Hamill's face. Um, yeah. So I, uh, I disagreed with that decision to this day. As good as they could have made it look, and obviously this YouTube user made it better, even though it's still a little bit of the uncanny valley. Not not nearly as much. It's maybe ten percent now, as opposed to eighty percent the way it was before. I kind of wish they would have just recast it. Sebastian mm. from um, what's his name? Sebastian. Sebastian Stan. Yeah, he actually yeah. kind of looks like Mark Hamill, and. Yeah, you know, if you want to do anything with a Luke Skywalker character on Disney Plus or in a movie or something, if you're not making the character as old as Mark Hamill is today, you're gonna have to recast. And this would have been, quite honestly, the best place to do it. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, absolutely. You you kind of paint yourself to the corner now because you've in that universe you've said, well, this is what. Luke Skywalker looks like, and he looks like he he did in the original movies, right? And uh, which means you can't use him again. Which I don't, I don't know. Maybe they they may come to regret that decision. I don't know. Maybe they'll recast it later on. And all you, let's face it, all you have to do is the first time the new character appears, he just needs to say in his in his uh, lines, "I am Luke Skywalker." Yep, and then you'll accept it. <laughs> and then and then you just kind of you have to go with it. You know, there's no way that we're not going to get. Luke Skywalker not being on a movie or a TV show again. 
It's yeah, 100% no, going to happen. They're not going to be able to resist it. Are no, they? no. You know, if it's I mean, 10 I'm, years from now, the adventures of Luke Skywalker starts on Disney plus, we'll all be excited. It'll be a younger person and we'll just accept it. But this would have been a prime time to do it on such an important show like the Mandalorian. Yeah. That everybody is watching. Everybody has all this positive things for bring in Sebastian well, Stan and let him do well, it. Yeah, but here's, this is the, the downside of all of these properties being owned by one big mega company of Disney is that some of the decision-making is not purely creative. It, it thinks about other things other than um, just purely what the story demands and what the perhaps the requirements of the creators making that particular series want. Uh, it's about, no, you can't do that because money this, money that. And yeah. that leads us on to this situation we have with black widow so um and we'll get into our review of black widow and loki in the second half of the show yeah. but we're going to start with the negative and yeah so black widow uh, obviously is scarlett johansson and yeah. um we've been we had been waiting for this movie for a while we knew it was done a year ago but yeah, they were holding yeah. it because of the pandemic yeah and and more than that, though, the context of this is people have been saying for years, Marvel's always has been criticized for not having enough female lead roles. Um, and people have been saying for years, why the hell hasn't Black Widow had her own movie? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, even before her, her storyline through the uh, through the final two Avengers movies, people were going, you know, this, this character keeps talking about her you know, a red ledger and all of that. Why the hell have we not seen more of, of her when she's not an Avengers member, but she actually, she's been doing all this amazing, incredible stuff before. Why have we not seen that? And, um, Marvel finally listened to that and put Black Widow into development and, uh, gave, you know, gave her a really pretty good movie to be honest, but, um, they've kind of soured it a little by, um, apparently, stiffing the bill on, on Scarlett Johansson. Well, they she claims that her contract required a wide theatrical release. Yeah, because she was paid a salary, but she was also, also promised, promised a percentage of ticket receipts. Yep, and um, that, you know, she um, was stiffed, like you said. You know, she yeah. was owed more money because they released it day-to-day on Disney+. Plus. So apparently it was clear in her contract, this is according, to, according to her lawyers, it was clear in her contract that there would be a de delay between it appearing in the theatres and then appearing on, on streaming or other services. Yeah, and it was made clear that, yes, that her her income from the gate, from the from the ticket receipts will be based on what, what was turned in the contract, a wide theatrical release. Now, her claim is that, in fact, because they issued it on Disney Plus straight away, uh, and I, oh, not only that, they, it was also uh, contracted that if they were going to change that, then she would have the right to renegotiate the deal. Mm -hmm. Now, she claims she tried to renegotiate the deal when it became clear that Black Widow was also going to go on streaming straight away. And Disney just basically um, ghosted her and wouldn't engage. Um, and it's also rumored that uh, Kevin Feige, who's the head of Marvel, um, was very much against this because he knew it was going to upset her. Yep. Because he knew what the deal was, and he was overruled by Disney corporate. Um, so he he apparently is also really really mad because, you know, she is one of his big stars, and uh, and he feels she has been mistreated. So and and the problem with this is this it's not just look we've all we've known that Hollywood has has Hollywood accounting, yeah. For year I frankly I I don't really understand why. Uh, actors and their agents sign up for these deals because it's so easy for the studio they want to to swindle uh, the contract because they can always you know it's been famously made that many many big movies when it comes to uh, sharing um, ticket receipt grosses studios turn around and say oh I didn't make any money and therefore you're not owed anything no. yeah that's been that's been a, a problem in Hollywood for a long long time here's my One, issue when this all came out instead of doing the right thing which is not to say anything if you're disney yeah um let it play out in court or settle with her and yeah. or at the very least this is an important actress in 
arguably your biggest franchise. And I will say Avengers and Marvel is bigger than Star Wars. I know the diehard Star Wars people don't want to hear that, but it is. Oh, definitely at this point. It's not even um, close. Yeah, <laughs> And she is one of the most famous actresses in the world. I'm very yes. highly paid. I mean, she yeah. is, you know, she is, um, well, yes, yeah, she was the world's highest paid actress in 2018 and 2019. And maybe that plays into that. They feel like, well, she gets lots of money anyway. But <laughs> their, their yeah, response I, and what they wrote was <clears throat> disgusting, to be honest. It was. This is what it says. There is no merit whatsoever to this filing. The lawsuit is especially sad and distressing in its callous disregard for the horrific and prolonged global effects of covert of the COVID-19 pandemic. So, okay, so now you're saying that this lawsuit means that she doesn't care about people's health? That Yeah. It, um, that's, that's disgusting right there. It's a, not only is it disgusting, it's a completely unrelated point. Yeah, because, well, they're doing you know, it. They're, so now they're the ones yeah. that are actually using their own callous disregard for the, you know, the horrific and global effects of COVID nineteen. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah they're, there that's is, disgusting. There, there is nothing about the release of a superhero movie that is, affects the COVID nineteen pandemic one way or the other. But then the only thing- they go even farther to try to shame her. Disney yeah. has fully complied with Miss Johansson's contract, and furthermore. The release of Black Widow on Disney Plus with Premier Access significantly enhanced her ability to earn an additional compensation on top of the twenty million dollars she has received today. To come out right out and and say that, oh, you know what? We paid her twenty million dollars, and this bitch wants to sue us during a pandemic when more yeah. people could. That's yeah. that is just it, holy it, crap. It is, it is pretty horrible. It is pretty horrible, it, and it, and in the context, oh. especially of what we've been through the last few years with uh, female representation, yeah, and you know, constantly finding. I mean, Jennifer Lawrence, who also one of the world's biggest actresses, found out she was being stiffed on loads of her movies in terms of what the men were being paid. Yeah, yeah, and. Too many women have turned around and have said, you know, we're sick of putting up with this and we're not going to put up with it anymore. These, it doesn't matter, man or woman, if you're a star, you're a star. And if you're, if you're leading a movie or you're, um, you deserve the same compensation as your other stars, then that's perfectly with your, your rights. And you, yeah, it's complete, it's exactly the kind of, um, the thing that people have been complaining about is to kind of go, well, she was paid 20 million. Isn't that enough? She should be like happy with greedy. that. Yeah. yeah. And when that's what fact, they're doing. They're trying to make it sound like she's super greedy. Exactly. When in fact, but, but the thing is they signed the contract. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether they think she deserved more than 20 million or not. The point is they put on a piece of paper that she would get a percentage of receipts under a certain, a certain way of distribution and she is alleging they completely utterly ignored that and not only that when she came to them and said look you're going to change this let's talk about this and come up with a new deal they ignored her which completely suggests that the people at the top of disney did this absolutely on purpose and they're calculating they can get away with it and that is disgusting because you can't help feeling they wouldn't have done that to a male star uh, i you know, I don't know if they, they would or not, but I don't well, think so. I think no. that they they are taking this tactic because it's a woman. Yeah, exactly. Would they have done that to uh, Robert Downey Jr.? Would no. they have done that to Chris Hemsworth? Or and, to, and it's uh, almost Tom like Holland? that they don't care. It's like okay, we killed off her character. We yeah. gave her a movie. We're not going to use Scarlett Johansson anymore in Marvel. And now she wants more money. Jesus Christ! Yeah, well, it turns women. Out, yeah, it, it turns out um, that Emma Stone's. Uh, apparently not happy about one the way because they did the same thing with Cruella. Yep. And she's also threatening to sue over this because it's the same deal that uh, she was offered a deal and they reneged on the deal. And now they're turning around and saying, well, you're paying a lot of money. So well, what's the big problem? You know, and it's not, it's that is the point. It's not about the numbers. It's purely about the fact that you write a contract, you stick to a contract. Now, I don't know whether, um, obviously we've, we've heard the, the Scarlett Johansson's lawyer side, um, we've heard what you and I both consider to be a pretty tone-deaf response from Disney. I don't know what the what the um, whys and wherefores of the contract. Maybe there's enough wiggle room in the contract that Disney think they can get away with this. The, the point is, by going public about it, Johansson is making sure that hopefully in the future, other female actresses will not be treated this way. 
because they'll write tighter contracts and yeah. they'll insist, you know. Yeah. I it's I think Disney could not have handled this worse. No. To sour uh, a relationship with this one actress is bad enough, but I guarantee you a bunch of the people that's appeared in movies with her are taking her side. And yeah. man, it just it doesn't make any sense. Somebody is somebody should quite honestly be fired at Disney for this. For their handling of this situation. Well, you know, it just again, it comes across as like, oh, well, who's at the top of the Disney? Probably a bunch of old white men yeah. who, you know, are used to do behaving like this. And, you know, yeah, that, 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 the, their response completely drips with that, you know, well, she got paid, what's she moaning about type of mentality, yes. which is disgusting and is completely inappropriate. Yeah. You know? Um, uh, yeah. Just knowing what their response was at this point. I hope she wins. I hope she gets everything. Yeah, so do she I. Wrote. So do now, I. I all of that being said, I am actually glad it did come out on Disney Plus. Now, I am not going to movie theaters because of the pandemic, but I'd still like to have this entertainment. But pay your actresses and actors and directors and you know the key grips and all of these pay them. Yeah. If they if if their compensation was initially tied to a theatrical release, do whatever calculation you need to do, figure out how much it would have made that it's not going to because they can't go to the theaters, us, and then just pay them, be fair about it. Yeah. You know, because if this would have been a big $1 billion movie, they would have paid her and everything would have been great. But Disney chose to, I'll say this, do the right thing and release it on Disney premier access. I think that is actually the right decision because yeah. of the pandemic. But if that's the case, then still pay her. Don't screw exactly. her over. Because the, the, pro- the, the core of the problem here is not going to be that she didn't get paid what she was hoping to get paid because she was hoping to have a billion dollar theatrical race. Uh, but it sounds very much like what they did is they said, well, uh, income from Disney Plus, yeah, you're not contracted for that, so you don't get any of that. Um, and yet, that by releasing it at the same time as they did it in the movie theaters, yeah, that reduces the value of, of an already devalued movie re- uh, theatrical release yeah. because of COVID. Yeah. yeah? And, and she's not so, to blame for COVID. No. So what they need to do is, the, is what they should have done, which is before, when, before they do this, go to her and say, we are planning to do this. Yeah. We can't pay you what you what's what's contracted let's renegotiate the contracts you get something from the disney plus release well we heard both ways from disney directly that they were not going to release it on disney plus it's going to be a theatrical release only and then we heard rumors oh they are going to and then disney came back and said no we're not and then that's what they did and it seems like quite honestly they waited to the last damn minute to make this decision yeah and then boom i was happy because oh i get to watch it from home yeah I paid twenty bucks to see it. Yeah, but you know what? I if it, if if somebody comes to you beforehand and says, "Well, we can release this on Disney Plus. We can't release it on day one because otherwise the people who are in the movie don't get paid properly." I wouldn't have gone. Well, just just release it. I don't care. I would have gone fine. That's the way it is, you know. Um, but obviously they didn't do that. Look, let let's face it. That we we all know, and she says this in her legal filing that the reason they released it on Disney Plus on day one is because they want to juice their Disney Plus subscriptions. Yeah? And there's nothing wrong with that. No. But yeah, it's like you say, if you're going to make those business decisions, you've got to then... Um, Fairly compensate You've got to compensate people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because this wasn't made in a vacuum. There was a lot of... And let's be honest, this movie would not exist if it wasn't for the role that she's been playing for a decade. Yeah. You know, she's the one that... Blo- brought black widow to life because i'll yeah. be honest with you black widow in the comic books is not a very interesting character at all no you know when she comes no. out as black widow in iron man 2 and that scene where i don't remember what's going on but her and um john favreau is going into this one place and john favreau takes out one guy barely yeah. and she takes out everybody else that was a badass moment Yep. And, th- and that is, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, kind of the coming out of Black Widow. You take her completely serious. In the very first Avengers movie, she has one of the best scenes in the whole movie. She's tied up to this chair. She gets a phone call. And 
She's talking to the guy. She's, and, she's going to say, "What are you do bothering me? I'm working. I'm working." And they're and they're like, "Oh yeah, they're she's they're doing the whole thing." And yeah, they're like, "Ooh, whole thing. What is she talking about?" And she yeah. looks at him like, "Shut up." But, <laughs> you know, it's and then she gets out of it really easily because they blow her cover. Um, it was such a brilliant. And then her her reaction to Bruce knowing that she is a badass. They've already established yeah. it. No one seeing her fear of Bruce Banner when he yells yeah. at her, man, she really brought, uh, uh, this fear of the Hulk that is realistic. And that's all her. And yep. just to, to come around to when she finally gets her own movie and stiff her own money, Jesus Christ, Disney, what are you doing? Yeah. And, and it really is, um, it really is unbelievable. Well, let's, to be honest, let's talk I, I, about, I, I literally could not believe it when I read it. I thought I, this is just bizarre. So let's talk about um, that movie, Black Widow. Yeah. We both saw it. Both saw it. Um, I will, right at the beginning, say I think in many respects it's one of the weaker of the Marvel movies. I don't, I don't put it on par with Ant Man. Um, it's better than Iron Man three. Um, it's not better than Iron Man two. I'd say it's kind of middle to bottom half as far as just the movie itself. And I think part of the problem with that is, you know, she's going to survive this movie. Yeah. You know, it's not really going to further the character any because she's already dead, which to me suggests that this movie would have came out before the Avengers movie. If this would have come out, Oh, let's say, Oh, right around the time of Iron Man 3, I think it would have had way more impact and it would have laid more depth and weight to her passing in Avengers Endgame. Yeah, I well, I mean, we've talked, we, we mentioned previously, you know, they've been, some people have been lobbying this for this movie for years. I, I think given when it was commissioned and, and what they did, what they had with the in Keep terms of the progress of character, I got to go, go move yeah. the cat. Hold on. I uh, I think I think they did a pretty good job. Uh, you know, I I really enjoyed this. I like the whole. I like it when Marvel does the whole spy side stuff. Uh, you know, I think all the shield things and everything were always really great. Um, so the fact that this has so much of that in there uh, is good. And you know, I thought bearing in mind that they had to go back to things that, that were referred to previously in terms of the creation of the Black Widow, you know, the Red Room program and everything like that. To be able to bring that up to date, I thought they, they did it re- pretty effectively. Um, I enjoyed some of the performances. I thought the guy the guy from Stranger Things who played the uh, the Red Guardian was brilliant because, you know, he was believable, but at the same time he was very funny. Um I thought the the uh, Florence Pugh, the British actress who played uh, Black Widow's sister, was was uh, excellent as well, and obviously that you know puts her in a good place to take take um, Black Widow's place in the uh, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe going forward. You know, I, as a whole, as a whole thing, you know, it kind of suffered a little bit from the whole um, third act syndrome where you know, I don't I don't understand how you can have you can have a a flying uh, you know, a, a thing that flies in the sky for many, many years without a single technical problem all of a sudden destroys itself because one thing goes wrong with it. Um, but that's a that's a common problem with, you know, all of these big third act blockbuster movies is that, you know, the, the, the villain's thing's got to blow itself apart. Um, I never was... Uh, I think my biggest problem is the bad guys in this movie just were boring. And, yeah. Uh, you know, Taskmaster in the comic books is a badass, badass character. He can mimic anybody's fighting style, not powers, just fighting style. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's bad because it was a woman. They just gave it no personality at all. Well, yeah, that was kind of the point, though. I think they were going for like kind of the featureless automaton that was that was unstoppable. Um, and uh, you know, I can't. I, I, I think particularly in the first half of the movie, they really the the first time Taskmaster attacks Black Widow, yeah, and um, you know I I thought that was a great scene because first of all it shows how powerful he is, and yet she very quickly realizes she's not the target, and 
once she realizes she's not the target, she kind of has the uh, she almost has the drop on him in that you know she's not she's never and and this one what's great about the character she's never intimidated by anything, <laughs> you know no matter how no matter what she's facing no matter how difficult it appears to be she's never intimidated by it and I and I I I really like that about this movie. Uh, and I thought the I was just saying I thought the side characters they brought in were were really well done. Um, you know, I think, uh, I think uh, Alexi David Harbour. Yeah, I was saying. Who, was, by the way, uh, he was a bit player in all kinds of stuff until he got Stranger Things, and then all yeah. of a sudden, he's kind of becoming this guy. I, I'm more interested in his character in this movie than anybody else's. Oh, and what what I what I thought was great about his performance is that is that I didn't realize who he was until kind of later in the movie, and and to me that shows what a great actor he is. Yeah. Because to go the character he plays in Stranger Things is nothing like the Red Guardian. No, nothing at, nothing all. at all. And yet you don't you don't you don't not buy it for an instant. No. You know it was it was really well done. Excuse me while I go and get the Amazon parcel. <laughs> I've just seen the van pull up outside. Yeah, go ahead. So yeah, oh, it's I, okay. I think somebody else is getting. All right, D- David Harbor is is the Red Guardian, <laughs> and then his whole you know when he fought Captain America, uh, all of that I thought was just it, it lends a back, and you kind of wonder is he lying about this? You know, yeah. Is, is he re- did he really fight Captain? What then you think? Well, wait a minute. He couldn't have fought Captain America. Because he was stuck in ice at the time. Well, so doesn't somebody even make that point during the movie? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and uh, yeah, and that's the thing about it, is even though he is actually uh, kind of a super soldier and all of that, it's the fact that it's the fact that he, he, has, he feels he has to big himself up even more by making all these stories in a very Russian way. It was, it was very good. Some of the action, you know, was a little bit... I mean, I know these are superhero movies. Some of it was a little bit preposterous. Yeah, the whole you know rescuing rescuing him from the prison thing went a little bit too far. Um, as as I was saying, you know these these flying rigs that that seem to be <laughs> it's shield and and also the Russians as well. It seems to be like making these flying things that if just one thing goes wrong, they explode and fall out the sky is perhaps not a great strategy. But um, uh, The biggest unbelievable thing, though, was that, you know, the family or the daughters wanted to go back to Ohio. Come on. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm it's saying that because I'm in Michigan. I, it is I'm Ohio, poking Ohio or Russia. I mean, what's the, uh, what's the Have thing? Have you ever like? been to Ohio, David? Thank you. No, I haven't. There I haven't, go. to be fair. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, no, but, uh, I, that's a joke, by the way. I, yeah, I, love I know. I understand that. But uh, yeah, I th- I think I, I we really enjoyed it, actually. It passed the uh, the Leanne test in that she actually watched the whole thing and at the end said she thought it was pretty good. Now, and you know, I, she's a fairly harsh critic she's a, of Marvel She's stuff. a harsh critic, no question. <laughs> now, I feel like they're, they're passing the Black Widow mantle to... The next generation of this movie. Yeah, that's, to, that's to Florence Pugh, and yeah. apparently she's going to be in the Hawkeye TV show. Yep, and yeah. um, you know the after credit scene I thought was really well done. Yeah, um, but it did make me think back. They have this funeral where all the superheroes come out to you know say goodbye to Tony Stark, and it's a very sad. What what do they do for Black Widow? The Hulk throws a bench, and they brood <laughs> for a minute. That was her big, saw you know, send off. Well, they didn't have anything for Scarlet Witch. I thought that was. Wait a minute. You know what and I mean? Scarlet Witch isn't dead. Well, or uh, Black Widow. Sorry. <laughs> You're getting, yeah. You're getting your your female color characters confused. I am black, yeah. red, and you know, I can't yeah. can't, can't <laughs> keep it straight. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It it bothers me now. It didn't at the time. I didn't think about it, but now it kind of bothers me that everyone's all sad about Tony Stark. And it's like, well, Black Widow died too, guys. Yeah, I guess so. and the Hulk was mad and threw a bench, and then you know that's it. Okay, no, like, well, she's yeah. gone. Also, as well, what was in that grave? Because isn't isn't she lying on a planet somewhere far away? Yeah. Did Hawkeye go down and pick her up after? Uh... No, because he at, right after she plunges <laughs> over, he's laying in the river holding the stone yeah so maybe um oh, maybe red skull delivered her back you know maybe that's part of his service natasha that, um, <laughs> son of 
who cares? The sacrifice. I deliver back the sacrifice. I, I give a credit to that actor. That wasn't Hugo Weaving, but it no. might as well have been. Yeah. He was done really well. So I, I, I liked Black Widow. Don't get me wrong. And there's parts of it that I think I, I don't like the fact that, okay, they're sleeper agents in Ohio and they get something and okay, fine. I think it would have worked better if they actually were a family. Yeah. You know, rather than these are two orphan girls with this man and woman who yeah, don't have but, an actual relationship. They're but all- I, I think I think that goes back to when you, when you complained about the weakness of um, what's what's the guy's name? British guy played the bad guy. Um, uh, uh, yeah, and, whatever. Yeah, and yeah, he was doing Drakeoff. Um, yeah, exactly. No, he was doing you know Russian bad guy by numbers. Not yeah. that he's a bad actor by any stretch of the imagination, no, it was just but a you weak know role. there was no there was no depth there. No. And I think they were hoping that the idea that he was just picking up orphan girls and turning him into um, into badass assass- mind controlled assassins was horrible enough to make him horrible. But I, it just I, th- I think didn't it really work. No, and I think it would have no. been even worse for this family to have completed their mission. The guy gets pissed off because they did such a crappy job of it that he steals their daughters away and then puts them in these programs. I, I think wondered, that would have been worse. Yeah. And it would have won- given motivation for. You know, that's why he's in prison this whole time. Yeah. I wonder, I wondered if there were scenes that were edited out. Um, I, I, I think if we'd have seen some of the Red Room and what the girls went through as they were growing up, it probably would have had. I know we've, we've kind of meant, had that talked about and mentioned before in the previous movies, but I think this movie kind of needed that to really bring home, yeah. you know, the and horrific. also as well, why, why would. Uh, you know, why would uh, Natasha and Yelena not be uh, be so uh, so emotionally divorced from each other at the beginning? You know, you don't you don't really understand why that why all of a sudden they're cold to each other at the start, and yeah. fighting each other. You know, um, I I think I think that was a gap. Um, but overall, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a great. You know, I thought it was an enjoyable movie. You're absolutely right. It's not one of the best ones, but it's not by no means one of the worst ones. Um, and uh, and yeah, you know, it was it was nice to see that sort of movie again. It, uh, after it was so long. absolutely. Yeah. And what was also nice to see was Loki. So oh, Loki. the first Thanks. season of Loki is done. We know that there's going to be um, season two. <clears throat> yep. And I have to say, right from the very first episode, it had me hooked. Yeah. Um, it was just brilliant from start to finish. Mm-hmm. You know, from the acting to the story to I, I talked to someone at work and they were like, uh, you know, that guy at the end, he was the, you know, he wasn't really scary. And, and I, and I don't understand why the guy played it that way. I thought it was brilliant. I thought yeah. it was so much better than just some, you know, muscle bound. I am the master of the universe, kind of well, crap. Yeah, we were kind of all uh, anybody who's into the comic books was expecting it to be Kang, and uh, it was, and it was Kang, but it wasn't the Kang we were expecting. We were expecting, you know, the the um, arrogant, um, you know, helmeted, magical wielding uh character who's you know formidable purely because of all the stuff he knows and all the technology he's got and instead we got something very very different which i yeah i completely agree with it, it really worked yeah and, this guy is, it, wasn't really a bad guy in that he's been trying to keep the bad king or kings yeah. as it is yeah you know what's way worse than him at bay all this time by you know making sure that timeline doesn't happen and and what I loved about it is the fact that we we'd had that laid out to us. All right, they he used the uh, the Time Masters, the three androids, whatever, as as the prop. But he had, he had, when Miss Minutes gives the uh, the account of all of it, she, she's absolutely bang on. She's not lying. Yeah, she tells Loki exactly what's going on right in the beginning, and that's exactly what he finds out at the end. Um, and that that was what really what was great about it is the twists weren't the twists in this weren't the twists you were expecting all the way along which is very low-key you know it's very yeah it's not it's not quite what you think it is um and i think that makes the development of loki as a character in this because obviously he goes he effectively goes on a new redemption arc much more believable than um than almost in in respect some of some of what we've seen with him before and i just thought 
some of the concepts they brought in were brilliant. The whole, you know, the idea of all the different variants of Loki, including Alligator Loki, who, let's face it, is all our favorites. Oh, he stole the show. <laughs> as soon as you saw Alligator Loki, you were like, Here, here's a little bit of trivia. Did you see um, the Thor frog? Yeah. <laughs> did, did you know who did the voice? Uh, yeah, it was Chris Hemsworth. It was it? Chim- yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah. Disney no, I- and Marvel can do some really good stuff creatively, yeah. but man, they make some bad business decisions with their people. Um, yeah. That was so great. And that yeah, and- it's called Throg. And Throg has actually been in the comics many times. Sure. Yeah. Um, I, I loved the uh, the whole production design as well. It was brilliant. Apparently it was filmed in some uh, Atlanta Marriott, which is has that kind of very, uh, you know, 80s vibe about it. Um, so the way the whole, they set up the whole, time um you know the tva is is really is really great you know it, it really the whole thing it really grounded the whole thing it did um yeah and um yeah it, it was and, and let's not let's not discount the uh the actress who paid um sylvie the, oh uh, the, yeah. the loki variant she Could is be, awesome her chemistry with tom hiddleston was just fantastic yeah you know and she she really captured that that kind of petulant single-mindedness that that the Loki characters have yeah, but in a very but, different way. Yeah, but she also shows a vulnerability as well, especially in the last two episodes. Yeah. That she pulls out it's not easy to be kind of a badass schemer and then show that level of um vulnerability. And she yeah. just oh she just does such a great yeah. job with the movie or with so the TV I'm, show. Yeah, I'm excited for season two. Um I'm Please, we're going to get another season of this one. I, I was actually, when I saw the casting and I saw o, Owen Wilson, I was like, ugh. Yeah. Because I, I, I don't enjoy his movies. He plays the same character in everything. I I, I, I can't, I don't like him that much, mm-hmm. really. I, yeah. I can only think of a couple roles that I like the movie in spite of the fact that he was in it. But I, I have to say, I loved Mobius. Yeah, he was a great character, and I, I just, I was not expecting that from him. I really wasn't. He took himself as an actor. He took the Owen Wilson out of the role, and he embraced yeah. what this is, and he did a great job. Yeah, no, I think the performances all the way through were were fantastic. I think everyone they hired was great. Well, his um, chemistry with Loki, Mobius, and Loki, I like that chemistry more than Thor and Loki. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it works better because. Yeah. Thor constantly falls for the shit that Loki pulls. He, he yeah. he's just not bright enough to. He, I love Thor. Don't get me wrong, but Loki gets the best of Thor all the time. Yeah, and then Mobius doesn't believe any of it. Yeah, he, he's never fooled by Loki. You know, yeah, no. it's so so well done. Um, I didn't like the lady who played the judge. Right. Something about her, I just I never bought it. I don't know why. Yeah, well, you know, she. I think she was the one who was least well served by the script. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah she, clearly she's set up to be doing something major in the second season, and we no idea what that is. Um, so at this point, we don't really understand what her motivations are. No. Um, and uh, unfortunately, in season one, she just comes across as being a bit of an ass. Yeah. So uh, you know, completely ignoring all the evidence that's presented to her that something's going wrong. And uh, we don't understand why, and we don't know what she's been shown. And but so, the flashback, so. when she goes back to get the female Loki, that variant, I liked her there. That yeah. And, you know, she you could see that she was of a single-minded determinist, but you can also see the, a little bit of the hesitation. I thought yeah. she did a great job in that part, but the rest of it just didn't serve the character very well. No. But I did love uh, B, Hunter B-15. Yeah, she was really good. Um, I you know she was in it from like the first episode, I think. Yeah, first or second episode. Yeah, because she's one of the ones who who, who, who gets Loki, captures Loki. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you think this is just going to be somebody who uh, who it's just a throwaway character, but no, she has a major role right to the end, and I love that. I thought that was just great that they took these you know, small characters at the beginning and they actually did something with them, which doesn't usually happen. You know what I mean? It was great. 
you know, uh, how the female Loki shows her what her past life was and she's just, it, it devastates her. And I, I thought it was great. I like the concept that all of these people are variants, every one yeah. of them. And that they don't, they didn't even know it. Yeah. You know, their job is to capture variants and yet they're variants in themselves. I, I thought that the writing on this show was better than the other Marvel Disney plus series yeah i i i mean they delivered a heck of a lot of exposition really kind of well i mean one of the good things about it is an awful lot of uh anytime you're doing time travel and stuff like that it's awfully complicated it's not not easy yeah and um and they managed to deliver it in a way that made it interesting um because you are kind of learning about it as loki learns about it um um, or, or as uh, other characters are kind of explaining it, they did it really well. And even that final, that final episode, which was very, very exposition heavy, um, you know, it, uh, sometimes it, you could see the join where they kind of said, right, well, we've had the talking, now we've got to have some action. Um, and uh, occasionally you, you could notice that. But overall, I think, I think they really pulled it off. They didn't so, need you know, any action in the show as far as I'm concerned. I, I yeah. enjoyed every bit of it. But I think I think they felt they had to. So every well, every Marvel episode comics. kind of had two thirds of the way through there was a fight. Yeah, and there so. really isn't a hero. There is no superhero in this show. No. Whereas Winter Soldier, Falcon, heroes, yeah. um, Vision, Wanda, kind of. There's at least one hero in there. That's Vision, and Wanda is. Personally, I think they should make her a bad guy. I think she works yeah. better as a bad guy. Um, and heaven forbid, Marvel, if you're listening, your one of your big bads was an ex-hero that's that powerful, and it's a woman. Oh my God! You might yeah. have to pay her, so you, maybe you shouldn't do that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I liked it. I thought it was brilliant. Um, I want to say it was better than I, I expected, but it wasn't. It was as good as I was expecting it to be. This yeah. was the one that I was the most excited for. Yeah, and, and I think this is definitely the one that, that really has, um, well, it shows the fact that comes to a second season of it. This is the best one. It's mm-hmm. the fact, you know, they... Uh, I don't think they've not, committed to a season two of the other two shows yet, have they? They No, they haven't. And uh, I'm not sure they will. I think both of the other two were about setting up movies for phase four, whereas this is... This is obviously it's been successful enough that they're going to keep keep it on the on the TV. I I look I I think I I applaud the strategy of doing TV stuff as well in the MCU, proper TV stuff in the MCU with the proper characters and all that stuff. Um, you know, much as I love Agents of Shield, um, I, I really you know appreciate what they're doing here. Um, I think as we said before, and I hope it continues. And I'm looking forward to seeing more of Loki and also other characters. You know, we've got. What's I would the next love it if they. You know, I actually went back and watched the Daredevil series, the first two seasons. Yeah, man, it's it's better than Loki, man. I mean, it's so good, and and I know that Charlie Cox has been rumored to be in um, the She Hulk series coming yeah. up because she's a yeah. she's a lawyer. She's a lawyer. And, and she's in New York. Yep, and then he's also reportedly in the new Spider Man movie. Which I hope it's not just as a lawyer. I would really like to see him in the Daredevil costume. I'll be honest. Yeah. Don't I I don't want them to ignore that these series happened on Netflix and pretend and do a soft reboot. No. I want to see that character as a kingpin come back. He is one of the best Marvel villains ever on screen, whether the screen is a television or the movies, you know, that, that role of kingpin is got so much depth and that actor wants to play him again. I mean, it's such a, an important role. Charlie Cox is as Matt as daredevil is awesome. He is so good at the role. Don't, don't throw away something good just cause you didn't have complete control of it at the beginning. Keep it going. Keep yeah. it going. Frank castle is a great punisher. That, that series was good. Yeah, you know he embodies who Frank Castle is. Keep using that actor. Don't ignore the series that's come before. You don't have to hammer it or anything, but just move forward with the characters. You know, yeah. keep them, keep them as they are. You don't have to reboot them. I yeah. loved it. No. I, I think I think it's all great. 
I just hope yeah. that Disney learns their lesson for what they're doing to Scarlett Johansson, gets their you know what together and, and makes yeah. it right. They got a great thing going here. They're killing DC as far as you know a plan and a roadmap and all that. And yet, here you go. Is is this where things start going down? Because you know Scarlett Johansson starts talking to her friends that made the Marvel movies with her, and now they're having second thoughts of working with Marvel because well, that's part of Disney, and you really screwed over. Oh well, yeah, here. I mean you you've got to you've got to think that Brie Larson's taking a long hard look at her contract right now. I um, don't think that Marvel is a hundred percent with Brie Larson. To be honest with you. I still think her character and her acting is so wooden and boring in Captain Marvel and in the Avengers movies. I it, it, I, I don't care about that character at all. I'm right. really looking forward to Miss Marvel. That was when that comic first came out was just it was really entertaining, really great stories. Yeah. More of that please. And they well, are coming out with that as a TV show. Yeah, but but they are working on another um, Captain Marvel movie, and um, it's called Marvels, know, and Miss Marvel is in it, and so yeah. Is but the, but you have to imagine that that you know Brie Larson will be the headliner on that because you know she's the biggest star, she's an Oscar winner. Yeah, you know the the reason they hire some of these actors is sometimes not just because of their performances, but because of their star power, their draw, and you in can't. Marvel, they haven't done uh, that with any of Marvel movies no. except for with her. Well. Robert but, Downey but, Jr. was a washed-out actor. And no, but they, yeah, you know, okay. but Chris they Hel- Chris Helmsworth was a nobody until he got Thor. They didn't. They the point is, is they they made these characters big stars. Well, uh, sure, and, but that's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, but but once they're a big star, then they are and they are in a draw. They are a draw. Yes. And the point is, is that if you're going to have headliners who are the who are the the draw, the reason people went back to go and seeing Iron Man movies really well because of Robert Downey Jr. Hundred percent. And yet, yeah, they didn't stiff him on this salary. Nope. Did they? No. So what I'm saying in is, in fact, they gave gonna, him a lot of money to do little cameos in other yeah. movies. So if you're gonna if you're gonna have you know the Samuel L. Jacksons and and all of that, you you've got to pay people what what they're worth. Yeah. And if you make them big stars, yeah, then you've got to pay them what they're worth. I mean, that's what really what it comes down to is pay people what they're worth. And um, if the MCU is such an important part of Disney's franchise model going forward, which we know it is. And pay the talent properly. Don't don't screw them over. No, it, no matter who they are. Yeah, and I think they're setting a really bad precedence. With, I look as a corporation, I'm sure they're not happy when they get sued, and it's a you know. Uh, you know what? I'm sure after the backlash for this, within the next few weeks, we're gonna we're gonna find out they settled it and they sorted out. I, I, that's because, my guess. You know, their tone I, deaf response to yeah, her but, lawsuit is gonna cost them their job or demotion at minimum. You know, it really exactly. Will. I mean, and, and, it, it came across as so bad. And the difference here is, unlike the um, your favorite lady who ran the who runs the Star Wars franchise, is that um, you know the people inside the franchise have made it made it perfectly clear that they're not happy about what's happened. Whereas you know Kathleen Kennedy was well, she was probably responsible for a lot of the mis, misdirected Star Wars decisions. Yep. Um, but uh, but you know I I was I was heartened by the fact that Kevin Feige who is obviously so important to Disney, uh, let it be known that he was not thrilled about this at all and, compl- you know, as, as far as he could. And he's known for not being, he's not known for being a reactionary against his employers. I mean, he's known as being company man. Yep. Yeah. So for him to let it be known that, that he was annoyed about this and you basically let it be known he was completely on Scarlett Johansson's side, yeah, to me, you know, says that that hopefully uh, the the pressure against this sort of stuff from from the Marvel section of Disney will prevail. Yeah, let's hope because um, they're doing something magical at Marvel right now and Disney. They really are. I mean, the Bad Batch is pretty good. Uh, the Mandalorian is amazing. I, I'm quite sure Boba Fett's going to be great. I think the Obi-Wan's Ken- Kenobi series is going to be great. The All the Marvel stuff has been good, if not great, on Disney+. Plus. Most of the movies are really, really good. Let, let's not screw things up, guys. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> how, how about... Let's not, let's not kill the golden goose. Yeah. If you if you had to pay her another, let's say, another $20 million, to had to double that $20 million you wanted to publicly humiliate her with. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> is that worth keeping the team together? I would think what so. Is, uh, what is that sort of money? I mean, this, this is what it comes down to is what is that sort of money in these, on the scale of what Disney's yeah, making off exactly. these properties? Yeah. yeah. You know, it's pocket change. Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. they seem to be tone deaf to that. Yeah, and I exactly. hope someone with a, a little bit more intelligence comes through at Disney and just does, you know what? Just do the right thing, guys. That's it. Yeah. Do the right thing yeah. for your company, the future of your company, I should say, and to the creatives out there because you don't have anything without the creatives. You yeah. you have nothing, nothing at all. So yep. the characters are worthless without the creatives. They're yep. they're a hundred percent worthless. You could have bought Marvel for a million dollars two decades ago. Because they were in such financial distress, even though they had some of the best superhero characters IPs out there, that's why Sony and that's why Fox had exclusive rights to those characters because they bought them for a song and a dance that did something with them. Marvel yeah. was going away; they were going to go bye bye. You know, it's the creative stupid. <laughs> yeah, you know. It's and by the way, you know. All those, uh, all those fans who who might buy Black Widow toys might not, if you uh, if they feel you've upset the Black Widow. Yeah, and yeah. look, you you set this new Black Widow actress up now. Maybe she's not happy what they just did to Scarlet. Oh, heaven forbid she goes. You know what? I I don't really like what I just saw happen. I'm not going to put myself in that situation, so I, I'm not going to play that role. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. Oh, and then what happens to your plans, Disney? Well, I mean, they're clearly setting up the Thunderbolts with mm -hmm. her, with, um, uh, what's his name from Winter Soldier? Um, the captain, I can't think of his name now. You know, they're clearly setting up the Thunderbolts. They're going to take bad guys and pass them off as the good guys. Yeah. Uh, and that could be very, very interesting if done right. And it looks like creatively they're on the right path but heaven forbid you let money get in the way there you go then yep. nobody makes anything do they disney <laughs> so with that we're going to wrap up this episode of the geeks pub we do appreciate you guys tuning in and listening of course you can always go to geekspubpodcast.com and leave a comment uh or if you want to reach us other ways it's the show at geekspubpodcast.com uh, you can find us under our other show's name on both Facebook and Twitter, and that's TechFan. And, uh, David, I will see you next week with TechFan. See you then.